Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Huge problem with IMPD. It's been going on for years now. Uh, They're facing an uphill struggle when it comes to hiring new recruits. A subject you and I have talked about many times, Hammer, with FOP President Rick Snyder. And uh, how did we get to this point? It's, It's... is there anything that could be done to fix it? And this isn't only happening in Indianapolis. The recent report in the Washington Post says San Francisco, Phoenix, other areas having trouble attracting and retaining talent. So let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Michael Letts, who is a law enforcement veteran with over 30 years of experience under his belt. And Michael, I definitely want to get to this, um, your organization and your involvement with that provides bulletproof vests to police officers but with your experience what would you say the biggest factor when it comes to to you know failing to attract new police officers for uh, for duty well i think it's two things nigel i think a number of things have happened but obviously it's a you know, media issue because the black lives matters and if i have so portrayed law enforcement and the people who work in that profession, law enforcement officers, is being racist, bigots, uh, you name it, they get called it. And uh, because of that, there's been a real negative perception about law enforcement, even though it's totally unjustified. They truly are America's finest heroes. But the second thing is, is that the governmental entities, the uh, politicians, have decided to weigh in to try to please a very minute percentage of the constituency. And that has just created chaos. Let me give you an example that your uh, listeners would clearly understand. You have bureaucrats. You have politicians. Probably don't even know what a gun looks like, much less what a badge looks like. <laughs> and they are trying to determine policy or procedures for law enforcement officers. What kind of policy are they talking about? Well, how you can engage an assailant. Can you use a certain hole? Can you not use a certain hole? Let me be very clear, Nigel. You're talking about an assailant, somebody that just got done shooting and killing a bunch of people, and now you're in a life-and-death struggle with him. The last thing you need to have in your mind is, do I grab him from the right or do I grab him from the left? Absolutely. Because, quite frankly, Nigel, if that is where your mindset is, you're the one going home in a casket. Nobody else is. So that kind of mindset and attitude is just really setting negative perception about the profession itself. And when you see the media trying to say we're to blame for everything, and then you take a look at the third factor. We don't pay them much. I mean, we uh, overwork them, don't pay them, abuse them. Why would anybody want to do that, Nigel? Well, I see it happening all the time. IMPD officers I know personally retiring early, going into private security, going into another line of work because, A, uh, the pay, and, and B, they don't feel supported by the administration. They see left-wing progressive prosecutors in the revolving door of the criminal justice system arresting over and over and over again the same violent criminals that just keep getting out on the streets. And that's another problem in blue Democrat cities like Indianapolis with leftist prosecutors like Ryan Mears uh, in the revolving door of that criminal justice system. It's frustrating. Well, it's 
extremely frustrating. You know what it's like to be able to lock somebody up and then they get home before you do. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's, it's mind-boggling. You know, it, it's just beyond common sense. And I think that's one of the keys where you're having such a difficulty with people wanting to be involved with first responders, law enforcement, et cetera. We no longer in this country have an issue of accountability. People are no longer accountable for their actions. They get a pop on the hand. You get uh, castigated in case you pop them too hard on the hand. Yeah. You get a whole lot more than just a popping on the hand. And people just realize, talk about law enforcement. You know, I've done this when it was an honorable profession, when we made a difference. Now I'm seeing that we're not. Eh, my life's worth more than that. I can sure. do something else. I'm not going to put my family at risk. See, this is something that your uh, listeners need to be aware of as well. It's not just me on the street. It's my family. I mean, you know, they're dependent on the income. They're dependent on, on me. And if I'm playing myself in low pay, jeopardizing my life every day for no appreciation, for actually putting my family at risk, because, you know, criminals are just as soon target my family as they would be to be able to get out. Uh, that's just that's just not the way to go. Hey, Michael, Jason Hammer here. And here in Indy, we just had the anniversary of the three years since two nights of rioting where multiple people were shot, multiple people uh, died as a result of that. And that was kind of the birthplace of the defund the police movement. Following the death of George Floyd, that was the big thing. Defund the police. You had AOC and some of the really radical progressives always chanting to fund the police. Was that the best choice or slogan when it came to righting the wrongs surrounding the death of George Floyd? Well, actually, it's very interesting because it was a, uh, this has not been a habit since. It's been well orchestrated. And let me go into that for just a second. Uh, the only way that the leftists, and the, we're talking about leftists, we're talking about socialist, communist ideology, can't get their ultimate objective, which is total dominance for themselves, is to eliminate the freedoms that you and I enjoy as the last bastion of hope in America. And so one of the things they know that they have to do to be able to accomplish that objective is disarm Americans. They know that they can't do that with the Second Amendment unless they have a provision or a force in place that will obey what they tell them to do. Well, city and state law enforcement are not going to obey something that's unconstitutional. They've got to have a federal mandate. So what they have done is they were partly behind this whole defund the police movement to create a stereotype that you notice they're not going after the feds. Create a stereotype that city and state local law enforcement yes. are the idiots. They're, they're the reason. And here's how they did it. George Floyd, you had the riots, and then of course the cameras were panning, watching law enforcement just standing there going, why are these idiots not doing what they're paid to do and intervening? They didn't know that they had been ordered to stand down. Yes. How frustrating that was being ordered me to stand down. But because of that, and and what they're seeking to do now, what their next move and objective is, is they realize that by causing a crisis with law enforcement, where there's not enough of us on the street, violent crime would spike, increase, fears would increase, and then the federal government's in a perfect position to say, Never fear. The government is here. We will intervene. They're already positioned themselves to do that, just like with the IRS wanting another 83,000 agents. Yep. They spent $10 million, get this, guys, $10 million over the last few months, not for, for 38 specialists to strap to their, to their legs in case a disgruntled taxpayer decides to get aggressive. This is for riot gear, tactical gear, 
uh, high-powered rifles. This is for what we call SWAT team applications. Now, why does the IRS do $10 million worth of, of SWAT gear for yeah. a guy that comes in with supposedly a, a briefcase and an accounting pad? Now, they're setting it up. ATF is, is part of the whole issue, I, FBI, so that they can fulfill that mandate and take over from a federal standpoint and then enforce what they're going to call the mandate to take care of violent crime. I mean, they've already said it publicly. Violent crime is caused by guns. It's, it was caused by the people shooting the guns. Yes. It's caused by guns. Right. So we're going to remove the guns and take care of violent crime. Speaking with law enforcement veteran of over 30 years, Michael Letts, and how uh, law enforcement facing just this struggle when it comes to hiring new recruits. I know it's happening here in Indianapolis. One of the other things that's happening is that maybe uh, they're having trouble retaining uh, current staff because they're being lured away by other police departments in Donut Counties and saying, hey, we actually respect the police in this county and it will pay more and it's the cost of living is less. So that might be something to look at. What can be done finally, Michael, to to, to turn the tide here? Is it, I mean, local elections, they matter. Who you vote in, your your, your city county council, the mayor, the prosecutor. Uh, what else do you think can be done immediately, needs to be done? Well, there's, there's three quick things I tell everybody across the country, because we're all across the country in law enforcement. First thing is to the citizens that we're talking to, to your listeners. Law enforcement needs to know that they're supported by the people, not by the government. They know the government's turning their back off. I need to have everybody listening to us today to say, look, take a minute. You see a cop, throw your hand up wide, wave, smile, say thank you for your service. Thank you for protecting me. Make a huge difference. Second of all, that difference will swell to the standpoint where our government need to understand that law enforcement is a priority. And you need to back them and give them the equipment and the backing that they need instead of viewing them as the criminals and, and uh, making the criminals the good guys. That's never going to work. And then the third thing I'm telling people, we have come to the point now, I'm asking for this across the country, most agencies, in fact, almost all agencies, have what we call reserve programs, deputy reserve, uh, police reserve officers. I'm asking for volunteers all across the country hmm. to go to a law enforcement agency and say, look, I want to be a reserve officer. I want to be a deputy. I'm willing to volunteer five hours a month, two hours a month, ten hours a month. We need to start putting people with uh, in badges again and putting them on the street with a mass effort. That will bring down violent crime overnight. And it will also allow people to see what officers really experience on a day-to-day basis. Michael, you are the creator of Invest USA. This is an organization that provides bulletproof vests to police officers throughout various charitable groups and sponsorships. Uh, we've got about a minute left here. Tell us about that. We provide active shooter vests, which is the most recent uh, innovation. Before everybody had a concealable vest, it would only stop a sidearm. And of course, the criminal element is now using high-powered rifles and uh, to target our officers. So we created a new vest with titanium plates. It will stop anything. But unfortunately, 90% of officers do not have this new technology. Oh, wow. So we're asking Americans to help make sure that our guys have the ability to protect themselves and families and you, the citizen, just as the uh, criminal element is trying to take them out. So go to USA, org, and all the information is there. Michael Lett, law enforcement veteran, thank you for your years of service, and we'll talk to you again soon. God bless you. Have a great day.